The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. Now, what do you want to see? Peace or storm? So, what do you confess? Peace. You don't confess a storm because you don't want the storm. You don't want the sickness. You don't want the pain. You want healing, so you confess what God says about you. So, the life of faith is a work of discipline. Understanding the language of faith, and this is part two. Understanding the language of faith, and this is part two. I want you to understand that everything in the kingdom of God operates through speaking. Even faith is a speaking force. Faith is a speaking force. So everything in the kingdom of God operates through what? Through speaking. Even God had to first say it before he sees it. That's how the kingdom operates. You have to first say it before you can see it. So that means if you don't say it, you will never see it. If you don't say it, you will never see it. That's why the Bible says that God calleth those things which be not as though they were. He calls those things which be not as though they were. What the Bible is simply saying is that God calls things as if they are physically or presently present. When he came to Gideon, even though Gideon was a failure, he was timid, his family was the least among Israel, God called him a mighty man of valor. So God calls our future in the present. Are you following me? Now, your situation might not look like what God is calling you. But the only way you can see the manifestation of what God is calling you is for you to, number one, believe. You have to believe what God calls you. If you don't believe it, you'll never become it. Write it down. 
If you don't believe it, you will never become it. That's why the Bible says that before him whom he believed, Abraham believed God. Even though he didn't have a child, Abraham believed that he was the father of many nations. Are you following me? So what we say is important. We have to understand the language of this kingdom. The language of this kingdom is faith, not fear, not doubt, not unbelief, but what? Faith. Your mouth is the gateway to your heart. In other words, what's in your heart will be revealed by your mouth. Your mouth will always reveal what is in your heart. Your mouth will always reveal what is in your heart. That's why Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Jesus said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart. I want you to underline that word, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart. Out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart. Underline that. Out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. Why? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So your mouth will always reveal what is in your heart. Your mouth will always betray what's in your heart. There was a time I was teaching on moving forward and one of our members was having an immigration challenge and the moment I said I said don't look at the Red Sea your immigration case might be the Red Sea but when you stand before the Red Sea don't be scared move forward and then immediately I stepped out I asked how are you and she said oh pastor my immigration, the Red Sea. My immigration is the Red Sea. No, we don't speak the challenge. Are you following what I'm saying? Because you always get what you say. Your mouth will always reveal what's in your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Very important. And I want you to understand that the life of faith is a work of discipline. The life of faith is a work of what? Discipline. That means what is in your heart and what's coming out of your mouth must be one. Always. Irrespective of what's going on around you. Always. Must be one. You can be going through challenges. 
your heart, your mouth must say the same thing. Very important. You see, there are many people who, when they see storms, they confess the storm rather than what they want to see. The disciples of Jesus in Mark chapter 4 verse 39, the Bible says that they were going through a storm. And everybody goes through storms. Theirs was a storm on the, on the sea. But yours might be a storm in relationship. Yours might be a storm in your finances. Yours might be a storm in your workplace. But when Jesus rose up from sleeping, he did not confess the storm. What did he say? He said to the storm, peace be still. Now, what do you want to see? Peace or storm? Peace. So, what do you confess? Peace. Peace. You don't confess a storm because you don't want the storm. You don't want the sickness. You don't want the pain. You want healing. So, you confess what God says about you. So, the life of faith is a work of discipline. It's a work of discipline. You can teach faith and live in fear. You can teach faith and live in fear. You can hear faith and live in unbelief. Write these things down, they'll help you. You can hear faith and live in unbelief. You can see faith and walk by sight. You can see faith and walk by sight. You can live with faith and still be faithless. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Yet the disciples of Jesus were faithless. When you go down to Mark chapter 4 verse 40, he said, oh, ye faithless. Why are you so faithless? So they were with Jesus, who is the author and finisher of their faith, but they still didn't have faith. He said, and he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Having no faith simply means you are faithless. There are four times Jesus calls a generation a faithless generation. And the Bible says that when the son of man comes back on the earth, will he find faith? So God is looking for faith. So you can live with faith, who is Jesus, and still be faithless. That's why many of us believe the doctor's report more than the word of God. <laughs> God said you are healed. But I say, unless the doctor tells me, I wouldn't believe it. That's faithless. God says you are the head and not the tail. Say, God, look at my circumstances. My circumstances is very, very, and you say the wrong thing. And then it cancels everything God has said about you. Write this down. You can confess faith and operate in doubt at the same time. 
you can be confessing faith and be operating in doubt at the same time. I've seen many, 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 many. There are even times after service right here when we finish, we teach on faith, I teach on faith, I teach on faith, and we get out and say, how are you? And the response is, it cancels everything they had in the service. Why? Because the devil is waiting at the door to steal the word. The moment you step out, you forget everything you've heard. You remember the parable of the sower? Some fell among thorns, some fell among the wayside, some fell on good ground. So every time the word is coming, it's either falling by the wayside. The reason why it will fall on the wayside is because you have some things that is distracting you whilst you're in church. Whilst you're in church, you are thinking, did I leave the iron on or off? The devil knows how to steal the word. Whilst you're in church, you are thinking, did I turn off my pot? Or did I leave it on? And by that time, a word comes and he's stolen the word away from you. And then you step out and then you start confessing the old you. That's why you have to understand that faith is a lifestyle that has to be lived in discipline. You will never hear me confess anything negative. Never. Never. Before I had a bank account, I started declaring, I am a billionaire. I started declaring, I can never be broke. I can never be sick. You can be angry with my confession. That's your own cup of tea. You can be angry. That's your own cup of tea. Because you will have whatsoever you say. I want you to understand this, that the world system knows and understands the power of using the right language. The world system understands and knows the power of using the right language. Daniel chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. We read this last week, but we want to take this a bit further today. Daniel chapter 1, verse 3 and verse 4. I read, the Bible says, that, and the king spake unto Asphanas, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. Now I want you to notice that the world is always interested in what the church have. Notice Nebuchadnezzar represents the worldly system. It represents a godless system. And he's going for children from the house of God. And look at what he's looking for. He's looking for the king's seed. A royal seed. He's looking for a royal seed. A seed that is pure. A seed that is blameless. A seed that has the capacity to become great. So that's the kind of seeds he goes for. Verse 4, the Bible says that he said, children in whom there was no blemish. 
but well favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding signs such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and in whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans in whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar said, I want to change their language. I want to give them a new language because I am transferring them from one kingdom to a new kingdom. Are you following me? He said, I'm transferring them from one kingdom into a new kingdom. And the only way they can operate in this new kingdom is for me to change their language. He changed their language. Why? Because he knows that language is very key in this, in this kingdom. And you know that the devil will always, always mirror or imitate what God is doing. How many of you are aware? The devil always mirror and imitate what God is doing. So if Nebuchadnezzar knew that it's important for me to change the language of the children of the Jews, then what it means is that he has seen it from somewhere. Can we have Tonam quiet so I can please? Thank you. Because he has seen this somewhere and he, he knows that the only way this can be effective is for me to replicate it in this kingdom. And God knows the importance of language. So guess what? Guess what? On the day of Pentecost, God gave us a new language. How many of you are aware? On the day of Pentecost, we were given a new language. Let's quickly look at it. Acts chapter 2 from verse 1. I want you to follow me tonight. It's very important because, you see, the challenge with many Christians is what they are saying. They are saying the wrong things. They are saying the wrong things. And sometimes when I look at people and what they are saying, I just see where they are going to end. For instance, you ask someone, how are you? And then their response is not too bad. As if you want things to be bad but they are not too bad as I want it. You are snared by what you say. You are snared by what you say. How are you, so-so? What is so-so? What, what is so-so? How are you? This is why I'm very particular the songs we sing in this church because you will be snared by your words. 
Jesus said, by your words, you will be justified. By your words, you will be judged. So what you say is very important. So God knew that it's so crucial that I have to give them a new language because the only way you can operate in this new kingdom is to understand the language we speak in this kingdom. Acts chapter 2 from verse 1, I read. The Bible says that, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of the rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house that were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like that of fire, and it sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them what? Utterance. So can you see that the Holy Spirit is now introducing us to a new language? It's introducing us to a new language. Now, why is it that speaking in tongues is one issue that even other churches fight other churches on? The devil is very smart. Verse 5, the Bible says that, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together, and they were confounded because that every man could hear them speak what? In his own language. So they were speaking in this heavenly language, but all the people that were present could hear them speak in their own language. Now I want you to understand that at this point, there was only about 120 in the upper room. There were about 120 of them. And they were speaking in tongues. But the Bible says that everybody, when this was noise abroad, the whole entire nation showed up. The entire nation showed up. And they heard them speak in their own language. Verse 7, the Bible says that, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? How come we can hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. So, can you see what's happening right there? Because the Holy Spirit wants us to learn a new language. Because the kingdom of God operates in this language. And the only way you can be successful is by learning this language and speaking it. Oh, get ready. Something is going to explode here today. Please understand that the heavenly language is spoken only. The heavenly language is only spoken and understood by those who are in the kingdom. So, for instance, there are many languages in this world. Let's take Let's take, say, French, right? 
let's say French. Let's assume I do understand and I speak French. And we are in a French-speaking country and I want to betray you, right? I want to betray you. I want to do a deal that you don't understand. What language do you think I'll speak in? In a language you don't understand. Is that right? I'll speak in a language you don't understand. Why? Because I don't want you to hear and understand what I'm saying. Thank you, Jesus. Is the same applies to this new language that we have been given. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 brings it in more emphasis. He says, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. Did you get that? He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto who? Unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit the spirit, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. So the only way the devil can understand this heavenly language is when we speak it. That's why you are at a higher advantage speaking in tongues than speaking in a language the devil can understand. And how many of you know that whatever plans you are making, you don't want the devil to know? (laughs) Because he's your number one enemy. You don't want him to know because the moment you speak English or or French or, or Swahili or whatever language and he hears it, he'll betray you. So what do you do? You shift gears and move into the heavenly realm and speak in the heavenly language which he can't understand because this language can only be understood by yourself and by your father because it's a heavenly language. Are you you following what I'm saying? So it's so important for us to understand the power of the language we speak. That's why we must maximize the use of our new language by sending forth the right words. You see, Galatians chapter 3 verse 14. Galatians chapter 3 verse 14. What does it say? It says that the blessing of Abraham, how many of you want the blessing? Some of you don't want the blessing. How many of you want the blessing? Of course, we all want the blessing. It says that the blessing, or let's read it from verse 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone that hung on a tree, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. That we might receive 
the promise of the Spirit through faith that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Through faith. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Through faith. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now, with that, with that, I want you to underline that, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Through faith. The promise of the what? The Spirit. What is the promise of the Spirit? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what? With all spiritual blessings, where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have been blessed with what? All. How many? All. How many? How many? All. All spiritual blessings were in heavenly places. So the only way I can access these heavenly blessings, these blessings in heavenly places, is by engaging the heavenly language. Yes. You can't access them through an earthly language. You can only access it through a heavenly language. And what is that heavenly language? Speaking in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. That's what Galatians 3, 4 says. 14 says, 3, 14. It says that we might receive the promise of the spirit. The promise of the spirit is all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places and the only way we receive it is pray in the spirit and as we pray in the spirit we know that through faith we receive them. Amen. So are you following me? Yes. That's why our language is very important what you say. Like I've always said that if you're a farmer and you sow a seed and three weeks, you don't see anything happening. Four weeks, a month, you don't see anything happening. And you go and dig the ground, you have killed the seed. And do you know how you kill your seed in the realm of the spirit? By saying the wrong things. Every time you open your mouth, you are either watering a seed you planted Yesterday, last week, last year, last month, or you are killing the seed you planted. That's why it's important for us to speak one language. What God says, you say. Write this down. Faith does not respond to feelings. Faith does not respond to feelings. Faith responds to instructions. Faith responds to instructions. That's why the Bible says that by his stripes we were healed. Not based on your feeling. It's not by your feeling. 
Do you get me? It's not by your what? By your feelings. No. It's by his stripes. By his word. You say what the word says. Isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11. Isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11. It says, For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not hither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing wherewith I sent it. So what you say is very important. It says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. So if you can't say anything else, just say the word. I believe I receive healing. I believe I receive breakthrough. I believe I receive prosperity. Just say the word. Now, when you go to the doctor and let's say you are prescribed with an antibiotics. There is an instruction on the medication that take it three times a day or once a day, depending on what types of antibiotics it is. It will say take once a day for seven, seven days. Or take it four times a day for what? Seven days. Now, the depending on what you are going through, the dosage is increased. Right? If you are going through something that is, you know, severe, then your dosage will be increased. The same applies to the word. Depending on what you are going through, you need to increase the dosage of the word in that particular area. Are you, are you getting it? You, in, you need to increase the dosage of the word. So let's assume it's, it's an area of, of fear. You have issue with fear. Every little, every little thing that falls down in your kitchen, you're running. You start declaring, Holy Ghost fire, Holy Ghost fire, Holy Ghost. Come on. A kitchen plate drops. You're calling Holy Ghost fire. That is misusing and abusing the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? So if you have, uh, you have an issue with fear, you now go through the word. Increase the dosage of the word and begin to take the word as a tablet. You're confessing it. God has not given me the spirit of fear. He's given me the spirit of boldness. He's given me the spirit of sound mind. Therefore, I shall not fear. What are you doing? You've increased the dosage. You don't take it once or three times a day. You now take it like 10 times a day. And there is nothing wrong with being addicted with the word. The only thing permitted is word addiction. You can be addicted to the word and God is happy with you. 
Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth was. So when you take in the word, soak in the word, soak in the word, the moment anything like fear shows up, guess what will come out of you? The word. The word that will counteract that spirit of fear. And then that you begin to walk in freedom. Do you know that there are some people who cannot fly because of fear? All kinds of phobias. And, and, and there are industries around now that know that people have fears and phobias and they've put together courses for them and they make a lot of money from them. There are some people who have cars. They can't drive on the motorway. They've passed their driver's license. Test. They've been driving for years. They cannot drive on the motorway. I hope you are not one of them. They can never drive on the motorway. Why? Fear. Fear, fear. The spirit of fear has gripped them. And there are many people like that going through life full of fear. They wake up, fear. Oh, maybe today when I go to work, I'll be, I'll be made redundant. That's the spirit of fear. And the spirit of fear is a spirit of torment. So when you notice that you have an issue in that area, you increase your word dose. Increase the dosage. If it's the area of poverty, increase the dosage in prosperity of the word. I believe I receive. Wealth and riches are in my house. I am the head and not the tail. You have to understand, increase the dose. The more word you become addicted to, then you become you start doing the word. And the moment you start doing the word, the Bible says that, and the word became what? Flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Son, full of grace and truth. So you have to increase the dosage of the word. This is very important. Please, you need to understand this. There is no issue you are going through that doesn't have a word solution. There is no challenge you are going through now, right now as I'm speaking, that does not have a word solution. The only thing is many Christians are lazy. They want somebody to pour oil on them. There's a place for everything. Are you following me? I cannot have faith for you. You need to understand that. Can I eat for you? No. I can't eat for you. When you it's six o'clock and six o'clock and you're having your dinner, do you call pastor? No, no. no. You call clean, clean pastor. It's dinner time. Please come and eat for me. No, you don't even remember pastor at that time. At your dinner time. That's why Jesus, almost everyone he healed, not almost all of them, he said, your faith has made you whole. Your faith, not his faith, your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith has made you whole. Now, where is your faith? You can only have faith when you hear the word. Because Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing what? The word of God. Not hearing the news, not hearing the negative news, the negative 
things going on around you. I'm not saying don't listen to the news or don't watch the news, but don't, don't let the news become the word. Are you following what I'm saying? Stay in the word. Jesus only spoke what he heard his father say. Jesus never spoke anything contrary to the word. John chapter 5 verse 30. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. So Jesus only speaks what he hears. What he hears the father says, he also says the same thing. John 5.30. So if God doesn't say it, he doesn't say it. What are you saying? I say, pastor, you know, pastor, pastor, this is between me and you. Pastor, no, I don't need to know anything between me and you. No. No, stop killing the word. Stop killing your breakthrough. You need to understand how this kingdom operates. It operates by words. Words are very powerful. In the kingdom of God, we don't speak what we feel. We only speak the word. We don't speak what we feel. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says the just, it says what? For we walk by faith and not by sight. What do we walk by? By faith and not by sight. So you don't confess darkness. That is physical sin. What do you want? You want light. So you speak light into that situation. Some of you parents, you have to be careful about your words. On your children. You say the wrong thing. How can you call your children. Who are made in the image of God. You are dumb. You are stupid. No. This is a child made in the image of God. No matter how angry you are. Think about what you are going to say. Before you say it. Because what you are saying is either framing, not either. What you are saying will frame the, the future of your children. Yeah. Remember Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3? It says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. By the word of God. So every time you open your mouth, you are framing something. You are framing your destiny. You are framing your children's life. You are framing where you are going. You are framing your future. Every time you open your mouth, you are framing something. If you don't like the picture, don't frame it. I am yet to see anybody frame a picture they don't like. We all frame pictures we like. Isn't that right? So be careful what you're saying. Why? For we walk by faith 
and not by sight. Please understand that the kingdom of God operates on decrees and sayings. The kingdom, this kingdom, it operates on decrees and sayings. That's why Job 22 verse 28 and 29 says, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. The light shall shine upon thy ways. When men are cast down, thou shalt say, there is a what? There's a lifting up. And he shall save the humble person. So what you're saying is very important because this kingdom operates on decrees and sayings. It doesn't operate on crying. Nobody knows the trouble I see. Nobody knows that. Nobody needs to know. I don't need to know. Do you know there are some people they 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 actually are very happy when they tell people what they are going through. They say, You don't know what I'm going through. Hey, hey, the doctor said. The doctor said, I have, I have. The doctor said, I have, I have. And they'll mention some very big name, diagnosis. Anthropological psychosis. Come on. Even the doctor cannot pronounce such words. And then you go about telling body, everybody. And the sad thing these days, people just put things from their secrecy on Facebook or on social media and just put it there. Oh, pray for me. The doctor said, I have ankle psychometric order. <laughs> you, you see, never give voice to anything that is negative in your life. Never give voice to anything that is negative. Never. When I say never give voice to anything negative, it means don't say anything that is negative. Just hear it and reject it. Just hear it and reject it. Because if you give voice to it, it will become it. Why? Because in this kingdom, we decree. It says you decree a thing and it shall what? Be established. What do you want to see in your life? Decree it. I want you to get ready. This is going to blow your mind. Listen, we were redeemed as kings and queens, so we must operate like kings. Why? Because in this kingdom, the kingdom operates on decrees and sayings. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4. I read. It says where the word of a king is there is what? There is what? There is what? There is power. Where the word of the king is there is power. And who may say unto him what doest thou? So if we were redeemed as kings and queens, that means wherever we are and whatever we say comes with what? Power. 
Have you ever seen a king? I mean, well, we're in the United Kingdom, so you'll understand this. You know, every year, every, every year, the queen will open the parliament. After a new government is formed, the queen will go to parliament and say, my government will do this, my government will do this, my government will, you've heard it. Yes? Now, now listen to this very carefully. Listen to this. When the queen goes to stand in parliament and make those statements, do you see her on the streets of London going to action what she has said? No. When a king makes a decree, it is not his business to go and act on what he has said. Are you getting this? When a king makes a decree, he doesn't have to now go and look for how that decree is going to come to pass. No. His responsibility is to say it. Why? Because the word says, where the word of a king is, there is power. So when you go into a palace, there is a king and he has his subjects. So the moment the king speaks his word, the subjects goes to work. God. They go to work. In this case, our subjects are the angels. When we speak as kings and queens, the angels goes to work on our behalf. So when you decree, next year about this time, I'll be living in a seven bedroom house. That's the word of a king. Now the angels being your subject, they will now go looking. Who is in your seven bedroom house? And everybody in your seven bedroom house, the angels will evict them and bring you the documents for your seven bedroom house. Because where the word of a king is, there is what? Power. And Psalm 105 verse 20, it says, the angels, they excel in strength and they do the beating of the word. Are you get, this is why you have to be careful. Angels don't understand joke. Don't ever say, oh, as for me, I will never live in a seven bedroom. Ah. <laughs> You've killed it. Now, what will it cost you to make, you know, I've been, I've been believing God for some things and I've been putting number, a limitation on God. And God said to me, don't put limitation on me any longer. Believe me for the unlimited. So now when I wake up, I begin to declare, I believe I receive. Because where the word of the king is, there is what? Power. Power. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that we should show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Revelation chapter 5 verse 10. It says, and he has made unto us our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign here on earth. We shall reign here where? On, on earth. earth. We shall reign here where? 
How many of you want to reign? How many of you want to reign? Where do you want to reign? In heaven? In heaven? I don't need to reign in heaven. Because in heaven there is one king. But here on earth, he has made me a king. He's made you a queen. We are kings and queens. So therefore, we reign, we rule by our words. Finally, Genesis 1 verse 3. Even God speaks before he sees it. The Bible says, Genesis 1, 3, the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Look, look at how we put it. It says, and God said, look at Genesis 1, 4, and God saw. Can you put Genesis 1, 3, and 4 together for us to read it together? Is it possible? Genesis 1, 3, it says, and God said, Genesis 1, 4, and God saw. Ah, this is powerful. Genesis 1, 3, and God said. Genesis 1, 4, and God saw. Listen, the distance between your nose, sorry, the distance between your mouth and your eyes, there's a hindrance there called your nose. The distance between your mouth and your eyes is your nose. So if you are not nosy, the eyes will see what the mouth says. Oh God. If you are not nosy, your eyes will see what your mouth has said. Now you say, Pastor, how is it going to happen? Remember where the word of a king is? There is one power. So as a king, all you do is you declare the word and the word will come to pass by itself. Psalm 103 verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in might and do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. So the angels are waiting on you. I said the angels are waiting on you. I said the angels are waiting on you. I said the angels are waiting on you. Mark chapter 11 verse 23. You can only have what you say. Mark 11 23. It says for verily I say unto you. That whatsoever you shall. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe those things which he saith. He shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. How many times saying? One, two, three, four. Four times or three times. Whatsoever you say you will have. What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? Speak good. Speak life. Speak increase. Speak prosperity. Speak blessing. Because in this kingdom, we speak and we see. So you wake up and say, I believe I receive. I receive that house. I receive that promotion. I receive that increase. And as you do that, God will bring it to pass. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Did you receive it today? Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's give God a better praise. Come on. Let's give God a better praise. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. 